Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this golden opportunity to gather together in your name. Thank you for your precious people. Thank you for your heritage. Thank you for your folks that have come from the north, the south, the east, and the west to gather together and to hear from you. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, now for anointing and for utterance and for the wisdom of God to flow. That which is just right for this time and for this this place. We ask it in the name of Jesus and we set ourselves in agreement for it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, I agree. I agree. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to God. So we have been talking a lot about the power of God and faith in the power of God. And we've been discussing in depth the God of the breakthrough. And just by way of remembrance, let me define to you what a breakthrough is. A breakthrough is an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. It is any significant sudden advance, development, or achievement, or increase that removes a barrier in progress. Last Sunday, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And we declared that there is resurrection victory for us. Amen? And a resurrection breakthrough for you and for me. Now this morning, I want to take a little closer look at the subject of the power of God. So let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2. And notice with me in verse 1. He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I didn't determine to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, And my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. Now that word wisdom is Sophia, and it literally means a lower wisdom. It means a wisdom that comes from man or a worldly wisdom. Paul's saying, I didn't trust in my education. I wasn't leaning on the wisdom of men, but I was trusting in the living God who would give me the utterance to speak a word in season. Amen. And he said, not only that, but my speech and my preaching demonstrated. What did it demonstrate? It demonstrated, hallelujah, the Spirit of God and the power of God. Now, a demonstration is, in fact, a making of manifest, a showing forth, a demonstration. It is a proof. You know, thank God for information. That's good, right? But thank God for revelation. But then thank God for demonstration. When revelation knowledge comes into the heart of a man or a woman, it changes the way that they think. When revelation knowledge comes into the heart of a man or a woman, it can even change the way that they look. For the word of the Lord says unto us that as you behold me as in a mirror, 
you shall be changed and you shall be changed from one degree of glory to the next. I have seen the life of God shine on a person's face. I've seen the life of God go into people that have been so oppressed and so depressed and so downtrodden by life and its circumstances that when they confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Zoe kind of life shined in their heart and it showed up on their face. Woo, hallelujah. You see, the word of the Lord says to us today, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. Amen. So put the life of God to work for you. Talk about the life. Talk about my word. And you will see that life manifest in every area of your being. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe this. I believe it's saturation time. Saturation time, what do you mean? We're going to drink whiskey? No, we're going to drink in of the Holy Ghost. There ain't no wine like this new wine. There ain't no word like the word of the living God. It's time for us to go into the mode of saturation. Somebody says, what do you mean saturation? I'm talking about being filled with all the fullness of God. I'm talking about you and I. In this day and in this hour, having the richest measure of his divine presence and us becoming a body of Christ, wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I'm telling you, the rain has fallen. The glory of God is here. The glory of God is not out there. The glory of God is here. The glory of God is within, and the glory of God is upon, and the glory of the Lord is among you today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so Paul said this, I'm not leaning on my own strength. I'm leaning on him. Why is that, Paul? Notice with me in verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the rudimentary wisdom of the lower level of mankind, but your faith should be in the power of God. Amen. How many of you know this kingdom that you and I are in is a kingdom. It's not only in word only. But this kingdom you and I are in is a kingdom of power. I love it, don't you? Say it with me, the kingdom of God. It's not about meat and drink. But this kingdom I'm in is about righteousness and peace. And what else? What else? Joy. Joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. Well, I know the Holy Ghost has joy. Well, you're going to understand today that the Holy Ghost is in you and the joy of the Lord's on the inside of you and it will strengthen you every day of your life. Glory to God. And so thank God for the kingdom of God and thank God for the power of God. Now, I believe this. That faith in his power will bring great breakthroughs into our lives. And this is what we want to center in on for a while this morning. Is we want to talk about his power in you. We want to bring this a little bit closer to home because sometimes people think, well, yeah, I know God is all powerful and I know he's out there somewhere. Let's bring this home today and let's take a close look at it. What do you say? 
Look at Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the 10th verse. And notice it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through what? Be empowered through your union with him. Now, what this means to me is no union, no empowerment. Disconnected from him means no power in my life. Even though he lives on the inside of me. So be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. The question has been asked. Is there power in you? Is there power in me? Now let's track this through this morning. Look at Ephesians 3 and verse 20. In Ephesians the third chapter and in the 20th verse, it says, Now unto him that is able to do what? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, don't put a period there. You know, most people know he's able, but they put a period there. But if we put a period there, we fall way short of what the scripture is saying. He never intended us for just to talk about his ability. God wants us to know his ability and his willingness, but he wants to know us to know that is it according to what? It is according to the power that works in us. Now listen very carefully. If his power is working in us, that means that his power must be in us. And that's why he said, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Say this with me three times with your hand lifted toward heaven and say, His power power is in me. His power power is in me. me. And His power power is in me. me. Wherever He is, His power is there. Would you agree with me this morning that He goes nowhere Without his power. And I believe that when you and I get our faith built up in this area, when we can come up a notch or two or three and this understanding, what we're going to see in this church is demonstrations and manifestations of his power. Is anyone else excited about that? How about this section over here? How about Amen Alley? You excited about that? So then, here's what we need to do. We need to work on this in our individual lives, but also work on it in services like this, where we talk about His power in us. His power in us. See, this is what happens when you talk about it, and the spirit of revelation begins to move, is faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes. By hearing. Faith goes by not hearing. Now you can hear but not hear. You can hear with these ears but not with these ears. When you got born again, you got two sets of eyes and you got two sets of ears. You got eyes on the inside and ears on the inside. 
That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear and take heed how you are hearing. So he says, well, this is a pretty elementary teaching today. I'm telling you, if you get the revelation of what is being taught today, it will change your life forever. For faith comes by hearing. Faith does not come by having heard that his power is in you last year. I need to be reminded daily that his power lives in me this morning. I need to be reminded in my midnight hour that his power is in me. I need to be reminded when the boss is chewing on that cigar and using God's name in vain that his power, come on, is in me. I need to be reminded while this world is heading for hell in a handbasket that his power, his love, his grace is living in me and it will lift people all around me. Say it strong. His power power is in me now. Now listen, the more power working in you, the more you will be able to see and receive the things that are beyond what you ask, think, or see. On the other hand, the less power, the less of beyond what you asked or thought will you see. Now, a big step in this is acknowledging this. A big step is declaring this. Not out of a ritual religious rut, but out of a revelation coming from information by the Spirit of God. Acknowledge, testify, He's living in me. I've got His power living in me. In me. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 6 and 7. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, oh, aren't you glad he did? What has he done? He hath shined where? In our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what happened? The God who said, let there be light. (laughs) Light beams, which are energy beams, which are power beams, has shined in your heart and in my heart. Hallelujah. And in verse 7, notice with me, it says this. But we have this treasure, this light, this life, this love, this power in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This treasure that we have is in clay pots. Oh, but don't you ever be fooled by the book's cover. You can't tell what a guy has on the inside by looking at the circumstances around him or her. Now the NIV says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
The easy-to-read translation says, We have this treasure from God, but we are only clay jars that hold the treasure. Now, the complete Jewish version says it this way, But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it will be evident that such overflowing power comes from God and not from us. And then I love Wiest, what he says, This super excellence of the power might be from God as a source and not from us. I submit to you today that resurrection, creative, God power lives in you. Somebody says, how do I, how do I get a hold of this, Pastor? Let me give you some keys to Enabling you to get a hold of this. Number one, start by becoming more God inside minded. Start by acknowledging his power is in me. And then becoming more his power inside you minded. So this is okay. That's good. That's still a little blind. How do I do that? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, notice this with me. He says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? How many of you know that the temple of God and idols have no agreement? Now, notice this. He said, for you are. You are what? Could we try a little bit more energy here? I was waiting to say that. (laughs) For you are the temple. My God's not dead. He is alive. You're the temple of the living God. And here's what God said. I'll dwell in my temples. I'll walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. When God says, I will dwell in them, he's simply saying, I will make my home in them. As much as we honor and we value this church building and this church property, this is not where God lives. Wars have been fought about colors of carpet. Wars have been fought about whether to have chairs or pews because my great mama sat in that pew. How dare you move that pew? She's been sitting in there since 1902. That rhymes. That's pretty good. We don't have that kind of religious spirit here. We know that this place is a place that's dedicated. This place is a place that's separated for the worship of God and discipleship. But you and I are the temples of the living God. Some folks worship church buildings. That's wrong. But when you become God inside minded, here's what will happen you will stop talking about your lack of ability. You'll come to the understanding that He has made my body His very home. He's walking in me. He's dwelling in me. He is my Father. I am His Son. I am in His heir. And great things are happening for me today. 
Hallelujah. No longer. No longer does he dwell in earth made holy of holies. What happened, pastor? He moved out of that temple and he moved right into your temple. He moved out of that temple and he moved right into mobile temples of the Holy Ghost. And wherever you go, he goes. So be very conscientious of where you go. That came right out of my spirit. Be very conscientious of what you listen to. Be very conscientious of what you allow yourself to feed on. For you are not alone. For I have said in my word that I would never leave you nor forsake you. I'm walking in you day by day, week by week, and year by year. So honor me in your body. For you're not your own. Many have thought that they they were own. But you are not your own. You've been purchased with a price. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And there are pollutions in this world. And there are things in this world that will vie for your attention. But yea, saith the Lord... Sanctify yourself and cut off those things that would pollute you and keep you down. For I, saith the Lord, am your God and desire to do great and greater things in your life that you've seen up to now. I would never tell you to cut things off if I didn't have something better for you. There are things better for me. And there are things better for you. I've said in my word to lay aside the weights. What is a weight, Pastor? A weight is something that's legitimate, but a weight doesn't do anything for you spiritually. A weight can be over entertainment. It can be over the top in areas of your life that would hinder you from your union with Him. Now, we don't want to turn this into a holiness message, but the Bible does say, be holy as I am holy. And you know what he said in the same context? That I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. I said, come out from among them and be you separate and I will be a father unto you. Amen. How many of you know that we're living? Come on, guys. We're living in the last of the last days. Somebody said, Apostle Paul said it was his last days. Well, it was his last days. And these could be your last days, even if Jesus doesn't come. We don't have time to fool around. We don't have time to be like the world. Amen. It should be our diligence. It should be our job to become more like him every day. Amen. Glory to God. So those things that have become habitual in your life. 
and those things that have become addictive in your life. And those things that you seemingly feel as though you could never have victory over, know this, that victory is yours today. For now is the day of deliverance, and now is the day of salvation. Now, you prayed with me, right? You believe God with me today. This is where the utterance is. Glory to God. Come on, raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I heard the testimony of a guy that was trying to get victory over smoking cigarettes. You know, smoking cigarettes won't send you to hell. The only thing that will send you to hell is denying Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It just caused you to smell like it a little bit. I heard this testimony. Real sincere. I've tried. I've tried. I just, I just can't seem to get the victory over it. He said, fine, fine. Go ahead. Just keep smoking. Just go ahead and get another pack. Get another carton. But every time you do, every time you light up, right before you do, you say, I'm doing this for the glory of God. <laughs> Whatever you do, the Bible says. Now we're scriptural, right? Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He said, really? He said, yeah, really. Every time you light up, just say, now I'm smoking this. I'm doing this for the glory of God. Weeks later, the young man came back with a big smile on his face. He said, you know what, Brother Hagin? He says, when I try to light up and say that, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Because someone on the inside rose up like a giant and caused my enemies to be scattered. We cannot commit adultery for the glory of God. Amen. This is not to condemn. This is to lift a revelation on who's living in you and how precious this treasure is. Even though you're in a clay pot, it'll change your life forever. Keep smiling. Hallelujah. When we become God inside minded, we won't be so circumstance around us minded. I must not, and I know this to be true in my life. And I believe if it's true in my life, it's true in all of our lives. We must not allow ourselves to slip back into walking by sight and walking in the flesh. Stir your up just to, yourself up just a moment and say, thank God. Thank God. His, power His power is in me. Is in me. Now let's look at 1 John chapter 4. Amen. We're, we've got somewhere already, but we're going somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, we're heading somewhere. We're moving somewhere. We're going into glory to glory. First John 4, 4. Now let's break this verse down just a moment. Because I think sometimes this becomes kind of a cliche for us. And it kind of, we skim the top of it. But oh, there is revelation in this verse. Number one, you are of God. Hallelujah. When you are born again, guess what? 
You are. Someone comes to you on an airplane and says, well, what do you do? What kind of work do you do? If they ask me, well, I'm with God. I am of God. Now notice, little children, and have overcome them. Now, the ones that have been overcome are the ones that Jesus overcame in his death, burial, and resurrection. Did he not overcome devils, demons, and evil spirits? Did he not overcome anything and everything that could hold a person down? And so because you are of God, you have already overcome them because this overcoming power is a gift to you just like righteousness is. And have overcome them. And here's the reason why. Read it with me. Because... Now let's personalize it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to exhort you. Set a watch over the words of your mouth. Stop talking about how down you are. Stop Stop talking about your lack of ability. I mean on the job. Jobs can be tough, right? Jobs can be no fun. But on the job, say this, the greater one's in me and he'll put me over. I said the greater one's in me and he'll put me over. All of us, all of us have been in a place somewhere in life. Because I know this for true. The crises of life come to every one of us. The crises of life have come to me and the crises of life have come to you. And if they haven't yet, I don't want to prophesy doom, but the crisis of life will come. The test comes to all. And there will be this temptation. There will be this this desire to take the towel and just throw it in. This marriage ain't worth it. This job's not worth it. The temptation will be there to quit. It has been for me and it has been for you. But I have discovered this. That all the while when the temptation was there, there was someone on the inside of me that would not let me quit. Listen, there's someone greater than what you're facing. There's someone greater than that disease. There's someone greater than that rebellion. There's someone greater... And he is the greater one. And he is in you. And he is in me. Say it with me. His power is in me. And it's putting me over. Some of you here this morning are facing impossibilities. Maybe it's on the job. I don't know exactly what it is. But you're facing an impossible task. Here's my assignment to you. And here is my prescription to you. Get up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror. And number one, don't be moved by what you see. (laughs) 
I think sometimes I shock my grandchildren because they call FaceTime at the funniest times. I mean, Papa's hair is all over the place. They go, ah, Papa, put a hat on. Get up in the morning. Look yourself in the mirror and declare the greater one is in me today. The greater one is in you and he's in me today. Let's keep working here. Let's keep working. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Hallelujah. Let's keep working. Let's keep digging. Colossians 1, 26, 27 says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations and is made manifest to his saints. Well, somebody says, I'm not a saint, I'm an ain't. You just don't know. You are a saint when you're born again. In verse 27 it says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. This mystery in the Greek was mysterion. It was fraternities and fraternal organizations were things that were unknown, that were hidden. But the Bible says this mysterion, this mystery has been removed because it's been unveiled through the word of the Lord. This mystery among the Gentiles, read it with me, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's no longer a mystery. I know I used to feel so outside when I'd go to church as a kid. It was so mysterious to go into church. I looked at some of the saints on the wall and they looked so angry with me. It was, it was a mysterious deal. And then I would go into the confessional and the confessional would shake. And it wasn't Holy Ghost thunder. It wasn't the glory. You did what? Now I'm not putting Catholics down. How many of you know Catholics that are born again are some of the most wonderful people in the world? So I want to qualify that. Amen? There's a move of God among the Catholics. But in the age I grew up in, you know, I, I was just a little boy in the 50s. I was just a little guy in the 60s. I was scared. It was a mystery. My knees would shake. I didn't understand Dominus Vobiscum. I'm sorry. When I got born again, the veil was taken away. The veil was torn from top to bottom. And all of a sudden, my eyes were enlightened. And that which is a mystery no longer became a mystery. I understood that this Jesus who I sought for as a young boy didn't live in earth made holy of holies but he came into my life when I received him as my Lord and Savior oh somebody say Jesus, Jesus is living in me, me. I've got a question for you don't you just think that Jesus is absolutely amazing yes. how is it then that we can be so amazed with him 
and so disgusted with ourselves sometimes. You know why that is? Because we forget and we focus not on him, but we focus on the clay pot. And I want to exhort you today to begin to focus on Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Say with me, I am in Christ, I am in Christ. and Christ, Christ is in me. Amen. One of the best books in the Bible is the book of John. How many of you have read the book of John? Great book, especially for people that are born again. But the book of John is full of information and revelation for all of us. And I think one of the greatest chapters in the book of John is John chapter 17. Jesus talked about this mystery. He did so in verse 21 and 23. I want you to look at it with me. John 17, verse 21, it says that they all may be made one, as though Father art in me, and I in thee, and that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory that you gave me, I have given them. Think about it. Glory is a gift. Glory is not something attained or earned. The glory of God is in you. That they may, now notice, that they may be one even as we are one. That's a mystery. But it's real in your life. Now read verse 23 with me. Ready, read. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Read that last phrase again. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. That is saying that the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Because we've been joined to the Lord and in the mind of God, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. I'm in him. He's in me. I'm becoming God inside minded. Galatians said it like this in chapter 2 verse 20. Notice this with me. He says, I'm crucified with who? With Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but where is Christ living? But Christ is living in me. As a result of that, I'm choosing to live my life, not in the flesh, but I'm living my life by the faith of the Son of God, who did what? And gave himself for me. Two ways to live, by faith and by sight. When you live by faith, you're living by the Spirit. When you live by sight, you're living according to the flesh. Now here's what Romans says. It says in Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be what? Spiritually minded is life and peace. Now notice verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Now notice in verse 8. It says, so then, they that are in the flesh, what can't they do? We cannot please God without what? So when I'm in the flesh, that means I'm walking by sight. And when I'm walking by sight, I can't please Him. 
But oh, thank God, we're not centering in on that today. What we're centering in on is verse 9, 10, and 11. Come on, somebody. Verse 9 says, but you're not in the flesh. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not in the flesh today. Look at your another neighbor and say, I'm in the spirit. Because I'm walking by faith and not by sight. He says, you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God does what? Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But what is? The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Because Christ is in you. And because his power is working in you. His anointing and his wisdom is manifest in our lives. Now, I saw something in the first service that I want to reveal and share with you. It's in verse 11. I want you to look at it. We're just about finished. For those of you who might be wondering. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes in church we get in too big a hurry. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was younger, man, I could hardly wait to see Job of the Hut. But you know, Jabba the Hutt didn't come until the end of the show. You know, and I, and I like the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors played, you know, three-hour games. How many have ever sat at a baseball stadium and fallen asleep? Well, thank God we got more life in here than we do in a baseball stadium. Especially at AT&T and Park right now. Hallelujah. No, my point is we get in too big a hurry. And in getting too big of a hurry, here's what happens. We check out. I mean, some of you put on Facebook, just checked in to Heart of the Bay. Don't check out until it's time to leave. I got his power in me. It's working in me. I got his power in me. And it's keeping me free. It's a working in my life. It's working all day. I got his power in me. I got his power in me. Do you have his power in you? Do you have his power in you? Woo! It's a working all day. It's working in the kitchen. It's a working on Bart. It's a working every day. That's what I say. I got his power in me. And it's keeping me free. Somebody says, Pastor, that was good, but you could do better. I know it, but just keep that to yourself. <laughs> His power is working in the kitchen. His power is working when you're paying your bills. His power is working when you're on the bike. Somebody says, I'm not on the bike. Wherever you are. Wherever you are, he is. 
And where he is, his power is. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I got his power in me. Bringing liberty. Now verse 11. Romans 8, 11. It says, but if the spirit. We could read it this way. Since the spirit. Since the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead. Say with me, he's living in me. I've got his power in me. Now notice this. Since this is true. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive, heal your mortal bodies by his power in you. And here's what the Lord revealed to us in the first service. I got in my spirit these words, continuous quickenings. Continuous quickenings from the spirit within. Quickenings not only in your body, but quickenings in your mind. Quickenings in your relationships, quickening in your marriage, and quickenings even in your finances. Anything that looks like a corpse, the Lord said, I will quicken. A dream, a vision that seems like it's gone downhill and there seems to be no way. Oh, the spirit inside brings diverse quickenings to you today. Get this. He can not only quicken you from death to life, from disease to health, but he can quicken any area in your life if you will trust him. Say it with me. Continuous quickenings are happening in me. Pastor Tom, please go to the piano if you would. Hallelujah. Sing it. I got the power in me. I said it wrong. I got his power in me. We need to personalize it. We talk about the power, but it's his power. And where is it? In me. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Your assignment for this week is to become more God inside minded. Talk about the greater one. When you feel like you cannot make it, rise up on the inside and say, I can do all things through Christ. For he is strengthening me today. For his power is all the while at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The last scripture we're going to take a look at is Philemon 6. You don't need to open your Bible there. But this will become more real in my life and in your life if you will acknowledge it, if you will declare this, if you will testify this, not out of ritualism, but out of revelation. He says that the communication of your faith may become divinely energized, that is effectual, by, listen, the acknowledging the declaring, the testifying, the saying of every good thing, which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.